You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing and higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Thank you for joining us on the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. Today, we are delighted to have two representatives of the Office of Communications and Marketing for the University of Louisville who are going to take us on their most recent brand evolution journey. We'll be talking to Kim Butterweck, the Executive Director of Brand and Marketing, and Erica Walsh, the Director of Communication and Marketing. And Bart... I kind of just sat back and let you vibe with these two executives (laughs) as they shared and very authentically what transpired when they went through now, I guess it's a six or seven year brand evolution and everyone realizes it's only the beginning. Yeah, it was, it's a fascinating conversation starting out with what a lot of schools can relate to is, you know, there might be a, a, a brand reputation crisis that happens. There's a PR issue, something comes up, and then you realize, are we really reflecting our brand? Does everybody really understand who we are? And so Kim and Erica do a great job of just kind of walking us through what that process looked like, not only from the internal research and, and having some external help on that, but also just, you know, how to really uncover the brand. I mean, it's not a project that you do. It's actually a discovery process that you go through. And I think they do a really good job of unpacking that. Agreed. Here's our conversation with the University of Louisville. Kim and Erica, we are excited and pleased, thrilled that you are joining us on the podcast to share about the University of Louisville's journey as you went through a brand rebuild or reset. But before we do, most of our listeners know that we love to get into our conversation by asking something a little personal. And the question I'm asking is if either of you have either read or discovered something recently that you would deem fun, exciting, and willing to share with our listeners. Certainly. I'll kick things off because this is something that Erica and I have been talking a lot about recently, and that is just the marketing blitz that is the Barbie movie. You know how caught up we are in it. Caught up is Kim phrasing it nicely. I am obsessed. I cannot get over everything that that the their entire marketing team is doing from just the most simple things to some of the huge activations that they're doing. I mean, honestly, I think my favorite is just the most basic that they just have bright pink billboards that just say July 21st in Barbie font. And you know, immediately you're like, that's Barbie. There's no words on it. It's just pink. And I'm like, man, how just to, yeah, to have the brand recognition where you can see hot pink and think, I know exactly what that is. That's Barbie. Something I strive for. (laughs) And it's something that didn't happen overnight. This has been, you know, 50 years in the making, actually longer than that, 75 years in the making. So that's great. Well, and it's super fun to see too, though, how like the actual marketing is part of the conversation. I read an article earlier that said something. It's like 
you know, Ryan Gosling and uh, Margot Robbie may be the, the stars of the film, but the real stars of Barbie are the marketing team. And it just feels like for all of us marketers out there, it's really nice to get a nod in that way and just to watch a team just do it so thoroughly and so well and so creatively. And yeah, I could go on forever and ever talking. We could do a whole nother episode just on this. Maybe we should. (laughs) And I think we could, we could come together because not only are these conversations happening within marketing circles, but just outside with friends and, you know, people that I know they're talking about this movie. Some of them feeling guilty that they really want to see it and that they should really want to see it. And like you said, Kim and Erica, people picking up on certain aspects. So by the time this episode comes out, maybe some of the mentions within our LinkedIn feeds will have what people think about the movie, but love that you brought that up. But I guess rather than talking about the Barbie movie for the entire episode, I should get into our main topic of why we invited these wonderful professionals onto the podcast. So we would like to welcome Kim Butterweck and also Erica Walsh from the Office of Communications and Marketing at the University of Louisville to the podcast. And they are going to generously share with us their journey through their brand reset. So if you would, I'll ask Kim if you can briefly tell us a little bit about aspects of the University of Louisville, which it's a famous institution, but a little introduction. And then if you could give us a little bit about your role, and then we'll pass it off to Erica. Uh, Certainly. The University of Louisville, go figure, is uh, located in Louisville, Kentucky. We are somewhat unique in that we are both a research one and a community-engaged university as classified by Carnegie. But I always like to translate that down to, to, to mean that not we take the knowledge and we actually go out and apply that knowledge in the community. And we're one of what I think it's about 80 in, in the country that get that designation. So we've been around for 225 years um, and an essential part of our community. Yeah, so I'm an executive director of brand and marketing here, and I've been with the university for eight years. Thank you. And Erica? Yeah, so Kim hit all those brand high points that we like to hit in our messaging platform, which is a good (laughs) setup for what we're going to be talking about later. But my name is Erica Walsh. I'm the director of marketing within OCM, and I've been at the university for uh, going on 10 years as well. So excited to, to chat today. Thank you both. And one of Bart and I's biggest goals is to create conversations with professionals like yourself and have them share things and aspects about their jobs that others can learn from and maybe even get the good things and apply it, but then also things that will help them navigate and avoid pitfalls. And the fact that you're going to take us through, and although so far it's been a six or seven year journey so far, I think you've also said publicly that it's just the beginning. So to set the conversation up, if you can kind of give us a background on why the brand reset took place, and then we can go into the beginnings of it, which I think is the research. This, believe it or not, this started back in 2017. The university has had some some challenges, some public challenges, some scandals, leadership turnover. And during one of those, what really started as a reputation management initiative 
really then turned into us saying, okay, it's time for us to reclaim who we are as a university because these little incidents that are happening by, you know, lone players does not represent all that we do here at the university. So it really was kind of an emotional call to arms of our campus community. So we uh, had a very organic We Are U of L campaign that kind of rolled out to uh, take back some pride in who we are. And it was so supported by the people here in the city. Uh, But then from that, we said, now it's time to, we call it the brand evolution. That's what really kicked off the brand evolution for us. Erica, do you want to talk some about the research? Sure. So when we started, it it had been quite a while since we had done that kind of research and since we had really launched any sort of really public-facing campaign. So we knew that we kind of really had to establish who people thought we were as a university. So we started out with a, a lot of extensive research, quantitative research, qualitative research. We talked to students, faculty, staff, prospective students, prospective parents, people across the state, really anybody we could kind of get our hands on. And more throughout the entire process, more than 6,100 people had the opportunity to weigh in. So we really like to say that the research is really what grounded us when we were building this forward because it made it easy for us to show people, you know, it's not just our office or our partner agency sitting around saying, you know what, this is who we are. We really did the work to figure out who we are, who people thought we were. And then those areas that we had to kind of fix some of the things that they thought. So that research was really critical to get us going. And it lasted a significant chunk. I mean, probably the first two years were there was research going on in addition to other things, but it was going on for a while. Certainly. And I think one of the things that I wanted to point out that I heard you say, and, and was going to kind of tease out a little bit on the question was obviously, you know, this whole started as you kind of indicated with some, some PR challenges and some, some just issues that happened. We don't need to go into that, but I think that a lot of schools can relate to that. There's, there's sometimes that deflating thing that happens that everybody's like, oh, wow, you know, what are we going to do? But when you did that research, I like the fact that you included internal stakeholders. You talked about faculty, staff, you talked about current students, current parents. A lot of times I think we fail to remember that a lot of time these these brand evolutions are as much an internal exercise as they are an external exercise. Talk to us about that a little bit, because I think a lot of times people get so focused on what we are to the outside that the inside's actually decaying and we need to we, we're not addressing that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, your brand is represented by your people. You know, you have a brand promise and the people that work here and and attend here, they're the people that, you know, make good on that promise day in, day out. So, I mean, it has to start really internally is the first step. Um, Because like Erica said earlier, we didn't just sit back in an office and decide that, oh, this will be fun to create this thing. We had to uncover who we really already were. And that's embodied by our history and our people. Um, So yeah, I mean, internal is critical. And that is still a huge, huge part of what we do day in, day out is to try to reinforce that brand. 
And hopefully, I love this idea of brand is more than a logo. Brand is culture. Like I said before, brand is a promise. It's bigger than I think folks outside marketing and communication sometimes really realize. I think it's just that visual mark. Yeah, and I think that's true. And, and Erica, I'm going to kind of let you kind of take this next thing. But I think that even sometimes I'll run across different marketing teams and even people within marketing that still get a little confused on that essence of what a, what a brand really is. And I love the fact that you use that, that culture. It's kind of like the, the breath that we breathe. And I think that it's the English language doesn't do it justice because we've used the word brand standards and everybody thinks, oh, well, we're talking about how to use the logo. No, we're talking about who we are and how we, the confidence that we portray a lot of times. And, and I'm sure that was part of what had to be rebuilt and evolved from, from internal as well. So Erica, kind of just address that a little bit, maybe pick up on what Kim had mentioned. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that our research kind of showed, but to kind of get what you're talking to get to what you're talking about, Bart, is that and I don't think we're unique in this necessarily. Our internal audiences are some of our toughest critics. So we have really hit a lot on how we are all one cardinal community. We need to be speaking with one voice. We're one brand. And we all play a role in that because we kind of want to empower people, even if they may not be experts in marketing, even if they may not be experts in communication. We want to empower people that just by being part of, of UofL, just by being part of the cardinal community, you essentially can help us market that. You, you're part of our brand. You need to live it just as much as, you know, those of us who are working it and, and pushing it out need to live it. So it was it was really important, especially to start building out and, and doing some trainings and bringing people along, really starting with our internal audiences and starting with those groups. Yeah. And I, I just want to point out a couple of things because I have the, uh, Troy and I both have the advantage point, not only of being hosts on this podcast and coming up on 130 interviews and getting to talk to people about, you know, what's going on. But also, you know, I do a lot of consulting work on a lot of different campuses. And so I have that outside perspective that can come in and say, you know what, this is the same thing everybody's dealing with. And I think sometimes it's healthy to hear that because I think a lot of times what happens is, especially in higher ed, because I think there's a little bit of idealism within academia. And I think that the, that the idea that we tend to start throwing bricks and blaming each other. And you know what? We're all on the same boat. So let's not, let's not, you know, it's almost like being in an airplane and start pulling guns and having a gunfight on an airline. It's like, that's not going to serve anybody well, because this plane's going to go down. And so uh, is that some of the things, I mean, I'm not saying that happened at all at Universal Louisville, but sometimes that's what happens is that people want to start, especially when things are, there's a hard time, people want to start pointing fingers. There's a lot of accusations and and I think that it might be good just to kind of talk about that in a general sense, because I think that's something that a lot of higher ed marketers can kind of, uh, you know, there's, there's empathy in that, in the sense that I think we're all dealing with that. You know, one thing I, I say quite often, especially in those times, we might be frustrated because some of our colleagues are, you know, not abiding by our brand standards or want to do their own thing is I try to remind myself that, you know, part of working in higher ed is you're around a lot of passionate people who care very, very much about their specific area of focus. I think it's our job in the Central Office of Communications and Marketing to help them put that in the context of something bigger and something that's more, you know, that's stickier. But yeah, of course we have the same 
problem as everybody else with people not wanting to stay on message or people wanting to have their own logo that's green, which by the way, our colors are not green. I say a lot. I'm like, look, McDonald's franchisee does not have anything other than the golden arches. So it's, it's really not that different, but I do think for the most part, it comes out of a place of just people being really passionate and committed to the work that they're doing. Um, and they just want to feel seen and represented. It's our job to be like, you'll be seen and remembered more if you're represented in the context of this bigger thing. that you. Great. Great. So I guess one of the last questions before we get to the next section that we want to talk about is obviously there's a lot of work that, that had to go into the research, you know, kind of resetting the brand, evolving the brand. How has that consistency of your brand promise and the way that you're all kind of, you know, presenting a unified front? I mean, at the end of the day, it, it really kind of comes down to the bottom line. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about higher education as a business, but the reality is, is that it is a business and we have to operate as one. So how has that, that consistency that you've developed and that exercise that you've went through really helped to kind of attract more prospective students and kind of maintain retention and, and building that strong relationship with current students and alumni? Unpack that just for a moment. Sure. I mean, I can kick it off by, by saying, um, and then Erica, please uh, fill in for me, uh, that you know we did um, a brand health study, some more research when we started all of this. And then this past year, this past January, we, we did it again to see, has our branding campaign moved the needle? Are you know people more aware of us? Do they associate us with the traits that we want them to? And certainly, especially with prospective students, you know, they play back those traits that we, we want them to think about the University of Louisville. So, you know, our, our office can take some credit for that, but big kudos to our admissions team for their consistency in message. And honestly, uh, there's not a group probably on our campus that does a better job of actually living our brand than our admissions folks. But that that is, you know, one thing that that brand health study has kind of helped, helped us see how, how we're moving the needle. But Changing aware, changing perceptions and broadening awareness is a long game. Yeah. And Erica, I imagine you could probably speak to this for a second. It's just that idea of coming shoulder to shoulder with enrollment has got to be a critical part of a success of rolling something out like this, because I mean, they're your front line. They're the, they're, I mean, when we talk in business, marketing and sales, I mean, they're the sales team. So how do you kind of, you know, you know, end up being shoulder to shoulder with your with your peers yeah, we've, and, and we've luckily got some some great colleagues across campus that um, particularly our marketing and communications colleagues across campus that have really kind of bought into this process that we're doing. But I think Kim's point about it being a long game is really, really important because a lot of what we've had to do is say, hey, we know this is going to take a while to change perceptions, but particularly with our prospective students, we've been able to work really closely with those recruiters on the front lines and teach them how to kind of speak with the U of L voice. Or we've worked really closely with our uh, communications colleagues and admissions to make sure that um, everything that they're putting out looks like us and feels like us and sounds like us. So it's been, you know, at, at U of L, which I'm sure is not unlike a lot of universities out there, we're we're kind of decentralized right now, you know. So a lot of areas like ad admissions have their own communications folks. 
So it's really building those relationships, making sure those relationships are strong to kind of help us get our broad message out, fitting into the terms that they want to use to get their narrow message out. So. And, and did you even do things like even just, you know, group training or, or just workshops? To, I mean, you know, a lot of times with admissions team. Yeah. Tell me about that, because that, that's, I think, critical. Yeah, we actually, our, our training process at the beginning was fairly extensive, and we actually started at the top down. So working with our partners, our partner agency, we started doing trainings almost like a year and a half before we even were going to launch any sort of campaign. And that included everything from deans and VPs and communication folks, but down to the level of let's talk to the recruiters in each in each area. Let's talk to different student groups across campus. But we really started out taking this kind of overall framework that we had built and teaching people how to ladder their stuff up into it. So our overall framework that we built um, for the brand evolution really focused quite a bit on messaging because that is really the part that I kind of feel like had been missing for a while. We have some wonderful, wonderful colleagues in our office who you know, kept track of, of what U of L looked like visually. And it was a pretty solid visual thing. Everyone could say, yep, we know our red, we know our logos, we know our cardinal bird. But that messaging part was really where we needed to kind of build up some of that. So that's where we started with this overall broad framework that kind of had three, I'll say generic pillars, but three broad pillars that could differentiate us as a university. But really they were broad enough so that people across campus could work into those pillars and could see where they fit. So we wanted to start building out how each individual unit fit into those with the heads of each individual unit and going all the way down to, you know, just people in the office. So it was kind of a multi-tiered process with a lot of training, um, making sure that the deans and VPs got to weigh in at the beginning about what messages they thought were important to cover. And then we could work with our communications colleagues to figure out, great, okay, how are you going to make sure that point fits in with our brand and our pillars and our messaging? that, you know, sometimes people call it the elevator pitch or whatever it is that they want to, they want to call it, but it's that core message that we want people to not only ladder up to, but also make it their own so that, you know, I always use the, the, the way that when I'm on campus, I'll say, this is your Walmart test. So Saturday morning, you're in Walmart line, you know, you've got your sweatshirt on and a family looks over and says, Hey, we've been thinking about University of Louisville. Tell me about that. And rather than them just saying, Oh, we're an R1 school that does this and that, or I, I teach there there's actually a way that they can tell the story and have those brand elements that, that they can put their story into. That takes intentionality and it takes training. And again, a lot of times we'll have a lot of different people listening to this audience. You don't have to be a school the size of University of Louisville to do that. It just takes the intentionality to say, we're actually going to sit down with the admissions team. They might be 23-year-old recent grads, but if you can give them some some training on, this is how we talk about our school. This is what we want you to how you, how you need to, and, and let's practice that and even do some role modeling. I think that would go really, really far in that. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that. And no problem. And it's ongoing. I just got a note uh, yesterday that said, are you going to come talk to our recruiters and student workers next month? Yes, I am. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that right there says you did a really good job last year when you get the, we get the invite back. So that's great. And so I guess you even did that beyond that with students and faculty and staff or just anybody that was interested? 
I mean, we did and Kim jump in at any point in time, but we talked to a lot, a lot, a lot of people. It's a good, it's a good thing we like talking because um, we sure did a lot of it. But yeah, I mean, gosh, every school, every school and almost every kind of key department unit not only got kind of an overall training, but almost every single one then also did individual trainings. So they would call me or they would call our, you know, our colleague who works on the visual side and we would do individual trainings with, you know, working down to an even deeper level, just really getting it down as much as we could. I know Kim talked to student government. We talked to people in our, you know, places that you wouldn't even really necessarily think about it, like our bursar and different things like that, that you just wouldn't, norm, you know, normally think, hey, they're on the front line, but everybody, anybody who talks to anyone about the university is on the front lines. So we want them to know and be prepared and feel comfortable saying, yep, this is who the University of Louisville is. And I can't say this enough. This isn't, you know, this isn't a destination. This isn't something that we're going to get to an end point on and then wipe our hands and say we're done. It's an ongoing journey. And also to speak to the challenge that I think a, a lot of us in higher ed have is how to differentiate yourself when, let's be honest, in essence, we're all selling better tomorrows. We're all, you know, and that continues to be a for us in finding those proof points or reason to believe that, that make us unique, give our claims validity. And it, it, it is really challenging. But that's also fun. Yeah, it is. And it reminds me of Ethan Braden from Purdue made a comment on the podcast about how marketing departments can either be driven and be kind of the short order cook or the drivers who are actually the chefs that are moving it forward. And from what you just said, because it's not going to be, you know, an end point where a lot of times those those people that do marketing departments that are kind of like the creative services shop where we take the order, we make it look prettier by Monday. They're the ones that are going to end a brand project and say, okay, I guess we're done with that one. Check it off the list. Let's move down to the next project. But I think that your point here is, is that to do it well, it's just, it's a part of the water. You're just going to keep doing it and keep going on and, and doing that. So I really appreciate that you brought that up because I think that's one of the challenges in higher ed marketing is just being this, uh, just this extension of a service on campus rather than someone who's really driving things. Yep. And I'll be honest, you know, we do a little bit of both. I would be lying if I said, oh, yeah, everybody sees us as those drivers. Now, a lot of people still see us as, hey, I need something. Can you help me with that? So a lot of that has also gone along with um, let's teach you about this new brand or this evolution that we're having. But a lot of it has also been like, OK, let's teach you how to work with our office and kind of shifting those perceptions, too. So you did a great job of establishing and getting that message out there initially, but those stakeholders change and the student body changes. So there has to be a plan to how this will be continued to be communicated, especially those three pillars, which, by the way, I'm not sure if we've ever talked about here on the podcast what those three pillars are and then the brand itself. So uh, if you would please do that and then lead us in the process of how you're going to enforce this ongoing? Um, I'll go ahead and, and, and start off with just to articulate, you know, our communications framework. So, you know, our positioning statement, our promise, if you will, is that UofL is a vital ecosystem that creates thriving futures for students, the community, and society. 
And the way we do that is through our three pillars, our messaging pillars, which is redefining student success. We're a research and innovation powerhouse. And we're a premier metropolitan university, which means the success of the city and the success of the university are are intricately tied and that we benefit each other. So that's the overall framework. And as I mentioned before, then what we do is you go in and you find those proof points, those reason to believe that say, okay, you know, this is how we're a research and innovation powerhouse. And then that's when you can just start to get into the specifics of a particular researcher's work or the particular unique value proposition of one of our schools or colleges. But again, it's all about kind of setting that larger framework so people will understand and have the one thing I feel when we started this work that was perhaps missing on the messaging side was a basis in emotion, if you will, in in something like we like to work academics, right? We like to talk about facts all the time. But facts, you know, that's that's what we think comes at the end. The facts are what prove what is the bigger picture that we're trying to do here. That's what's going to, especially if you talk about a funnel, right? An awareness, interest, desire, action funnel of marketing. How are you going to get awareness and interest and desire? It's got to have some sort of emotional tie. So. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think a lot of times those those benefits that we're trying to introduce people to are emotive. You know, it's, it's, and I've heard this so many times on so many different ways about sales is that, you know, people buy based on emotion and then they justify it with facts. And I think that sometimes we have to lead that way. And I think to your point, it's real easy to kind of give the feature list and say, here's all the features that we have for this, you know, whether it's programmatically or whether it's for the whole school. And I think that we get kind of lost. So I really like what you said about that. And I also like what you said earlier about, and, and you kind of you know tipped your hat again to it there, this idea of uncovering the brand. It's not, you know, too many times I think schools and, and anybody really, businesses as well, we think, oh, we're going to go create the brand or we're going to build the brand. But the brand is already there. You, It's our job as marketers to uncover it and figure it out. And it's a discovery process much more than it is a creation process. Erica, kind of unpack that a little bit. No, that's it, that's exactly right. It's, we knew who we are. And, you know, part of, we were having trouble, I think, getting everybody in the same voice to tell everyone who we are and getting everyone kind of on the same page. And, you know, one of the other things that I, I think illustrated this probably better and was easier for people to kind of grab onto. Part of our framework was also uncovering the personality traits of who a cardinal is, right? So we uncovered these, you know, I think six or eight kind of just very specific personality traits. You know, we're driven, we're authentic, we're passionate, we're real. So kind of all of these personality traits. And even if people couldn't understand some of the details when we were kind of going through this process of training people on the framework, even if they couldn't get, okay, well, you want me to talk about what? They couldn't remember well, what exactly does redefining student success mean? They could relate to, oh, but I get it because a cardinal is authentic and a cardinal is passionate. So I think that helped people kind of realize this is what we were trying to uncover, who we are. And then we were, we uncovered who we are. And then we were trying to tell people how to talk about ourselves. Right. I love that. And I think that goes back to a lot of times schools will talk about mission fit students. And I think that having a very clear 
brand articulation helps students and families self-select because they recognize that personality in themselves and how that will then be a mission fit student, which will actually be a student that retains and graduates as opposed to, you know, somebody who doesn't quite understand it or we're just trying to grab everybody and anybody to come in. And, and that's where we get into challenges. Well, especially because you think sometimes like, you know, I think every person in higher education out there is trying to figure out what it is about your institution that makes somebody want to come want to come to school there, right? But then when you kind of like get down to the nitty gritty of it and you talk to students and you're like, why did I pick that school? They're like, I don't know. I just felt like it was the best one. I looked at all these and, but I just, there was just this feeling that I had that that was the place that I should be. Man, it's hard to, you know, take that and bottle it and be like, great, we're going to make that for every single person. This is easy. So yeah, really tying into, if you can find something in our platform, in our messaging platform about who we are as Cardinals, if you can find something in our brand, like you were saying, Bart, just one little thing to grab onto, that could be the one thing that gets somebody to come and stay. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So tell me a little bit about kind of, how are you going to continue to get this out? I mean, certainly it's evolving. You, you know, you did a lot of work internally. You're starting to use this in some enrollment materials. Kind of what are those next uh, next places? I mean, are you there yet or what, what are the next plans? We are not there yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a setup, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, we are, we are not there yet. You know, aside from some ongoing training, which, you know, Erica can speak about, you know, as you mentioned earlier, we do have turnover. We have some new deans. We have, you know, so part of this is like in some, sometimes to us, it feels like, okay, let's start the whole process over again not the research part, but the training part. Um, but a really big thing that we're working to wrap our arms around is, like I said earlier, this idea of brand as culture. And we recently did, with the help of our partners at BVK, a brand strategy gap analysis to start identifying, okay, we say we're this, are our actions and our words matching? And to start identifying, and then that starts getting into operations, things that marketing doesn't necessarily normally, you know, step into. But there are certain things that operationally, maybe we need to shore up in order to truly be living our brand. Uh, so, so that is a big part of it. We're tying brand very closely with the strategic plan. We have um, a new president, and so we're working to make sure that, you know, we can help support her vision and her goals in the context of that overall brand. Um, again, to create that consistency because the brand is bigger than any one single leader. That's kind of more the 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 big picture of where we're going, but Erica has more, you know, like specifics on, you know, training that we're getting ready to roll out. Right. I mean, Kim, Kim hit on it earlier when she said it does sometimes feel like kind of like we're starting over. You know, we have had a lot of those deans that were involved in our very first session who kind of set the who set the path for their communicators for their schools. There have been a lot of them that have changed. So folks come in, they have new ideas. So it really is coming up with a regular training schedule where we can, again, empower people to understand you play a role in this. You're part of us. You play a role in this. And we want you to feel comfortable playing a role in this. So a lot of it is, is you know, 
a regular training schedule where we can capture people when they're onboarding into the university. If they're a communication person and you're onboarding into the university, all right, we need to get in front of you and figure out a way where we can share some of this with you. Um, making sure that our office is meeting with the new deans that are coming on board. Um, making sure that when we have a new SGA president that we're reaching out and saying, would you like for us to come talk to SGA again or, or doing those types of things just to make sure when anybody new comes on board that they're getting the basics of what we're trying to do. So it can feel a little bit repetitive sometimes, but you know, we're all marketers. We know all the time, the more you repeat something, the more it sticks. So, so it, it works out pretty well. And I would say we're making strides. There's a, a good portion of people on campus, I would say, that if we went up to them and we said, hey, what's the University of Louisville about? They may not be able to pair it back like, oh, well, we're a research and innovation powerhouse or we're redefining student success. But I think we're, we've got a nice group of people across campus now who would be able to say, oh, well, we're really focused on, re on research. It's really important for us to be out in our community. And it's really important for us to be focusing on students and how we're going to get them prepared for their next step. And so I think, you know, kind of at a surface level, we're, we've made some pretty good strides. It's getting to that deeper level and making sure that it sticks when there are things like staff turnover that I think we'll be continuing to work on. You know, maybe one like tangible takeaway that folks could consider if they don't already have something like this is we formed a brand council of communicators. So communicators in each school, college, and key uh, support unit, like alumni, advancement, admissions. So we have a brand council that our office leads that meets once a month. Again, the idea there being it's like this is a shared responsibility that we all have, not just at the university, but as communicators to help teach and reinforce our with our colleagues what the brand is all about. So I think, I hope that that's made a difference. We, it, The idea there is we're creating a communications community within the university so we can support each other and help learn from one another. So I think that's been a really great addition to how we've been approaching this work. That's great. I, I think it's so it's so amazing right now, just as we're kind of ending the program, just about the idea of how intentional and articulate you all have been with this brand evolution. And, and I'm just uh, so grateful that, that we had a chance to kind of talk through this with you. Kim and Erica, as Bart said, we're winding down the episode, but to each of you, is there an aspect of this conversation or this topic that we didn't touch on that you feel that we probably would like to get out there? Or if not, is there a piece of advice that you would offer that could be implemented immediately by a listener? I just think it's really important. And, you know, we said it at the beginning and you've probably heard us say it throughout here. Like this is, this is kind of like, you know, the never ending journey. And that's okay. And I think sometimes people want to want to be able to cross something off of a list or they want to be able to be like, we've accomplished this. Yep, this goal was part of our strategic plan and check it off. When you're talking about changing perceptions, when you're talking about, you know, really getting getting to the point where we could put in, in Louisville, we could put up a red billboard and everyone would immediately think, you know, Belle, like you see a pink billboard and you think Barbie. Getting to that point isn't something that you just kind of cross off the list. It is a, 
long-term, long goal thing. And I just, I think it's really important for people to give themselves grace and kind of remember that because sometimes, you know, I, I get frustrated if I'm like, oh my gosh, didn't I just tell you guys about this last week? When really it was probably last year that I told you about it. And I need to remind you and I need to get over that. But I think sometimes it's hard for people who are living and breathing it every day to just kind of get caught up in the, aren't we done with this yet? And the answer is no. And you just have to come to that adjustment of like, that, that's just not how we work. And, and that's okay. So I think that's important for me to just remind everyone it's okay to play the long game. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would just say to, you know, our higher ed communications colleagues out there, just, you know, uh, we are all in this together in many ways. Yes, we're competing, but we, it's kind of like back to the Barbie that we were talking about. Well, Oppenheimer has jumped on that bandwagon and that rising tide has lifted both boats, right? It's the same, it's the same thing. And I would just say to our colleagues out there is sometimes it does feel like you're fighting a fight within your own, you know, university, but you're fighting the good fight. And it's really one of just trying to help people understand the role that we communicators and marketers play in the overall context and that we're here to support not to be an office of no, not to mandate this. We're here to help you think differently about a, a brand. It's, it's more, again, like I, I say this all the time, it's more than just that mark. It's more than little cardinal head. It, it's something more meaningful than that. Thank you both for sharing the journey. And I'm sure there are questions that others would have. What would be the best way for people to reach each of you if they would like to contact you after listening to the podcast? Welcome to uh, send me an email at my university address. Connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Kim Butterweck. Either way, happy to meet new folks. Maybe see some folks at, you know, upcoming marketing conferences. Come over and say hi. Wonderful. And if you, you wouldn't mind reciting your email address, and we'll make sure to put it in the show notes. Certainly. Mine's a little long. <laughs> Kimberly dot butterweck and that's b-u-t-t-e-r-w-e-c-k at louisville.edu thank you erica people can also go i was just going to say same as kim you can reach me at email linkedin however my email is erica e-r-i-c-a dot walsh w-a-l-s-h at louisville.edu but if all of that is too long if you go to louisville.edu slash ocm you can find there's like a, a staff list there where you can track down both of us <laughs> Thank you both. Bart, do you have a final thought that you would like to share? Yeah, I just wanted to point out, I mean, what a great episode. And I would encourage everyone to kind of go back because I think there's a lot of nuances that uh, that both Kim and Erica talked about that I, I think is worth kind of listening to again, especially just the idea of, of, you know, this, when we talk about brand, we're talking about uncovering something and starting a journey. And it's not something that you're going to just check off your list. And and I think that was one of the key takeaways that I wanted to make sure that we that we uh, focused on, as well as just the idea of really trying to identify in your messaging those benefits that are motive and that are are really critical for really kind of engaging your prospective students, whether those are Gen Z students or or upcoming Gen Alpha or even you know adult non trad students. That emotive aspect and really being able to communicate and articulate your benefits and have your entire you know, team, not only admissions and enrollment, but also just the faculty, everyone on the team being able to articulate that well, I think is so critical. And I think also just kind of paying attention to when you are doing brand exercising, recognize that one of your key audiences is that internal audience. 
don't forget about them and make sure that you are really helping them understand the brand just as much as you are externally. So again, thank you so much, Kim and Erica. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate the three of you for creating an informative and interesting conversation that I think a lot of people can learn from. I would also like to thank our producer, Rob Conlon at Westport Studios for making us look and sound good every week. And to our supporters of the Higher Ed Marketer podcast, Bart's company, Kayla Solutions, which is an education, marketing, and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, who I represent, who accurately and precisely connects colleges directly to the devices of the prospects, inquiries, and alumni on their most valued physical mailing list. Thank you very much for joining the podcast. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who's a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time. <laughs>